Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Part two of our season preview here. We're going to get into the defensive uh, defensive depth chart, some expectations, best case, worst case. We'll get into a little extra Zach Wilson, some of his comments this week and how you know well he's actually handling New York media thus far. I'll give you my final record predictions. Um, some guys I think could be pro bowlers for the Jets. Um, I break down a little bit of the Panthers and Jets and then Joe Caparoso, Badland Zone, and, and TOJ founder will, uh, will hop on the pod with me. We'll talk a little Panthers, Jets, break that down. Um, and Joe will give you a few weekend bets, and uh, we'll get you ready for uh, Sunday's game. Two days away, it's finally here. First, uh, it's exciting for me, first week of uh, me hosting the TOJ pod where we actually have a game to talk about and not necessarily free agency and uh, free agency in the draft. So lots of exciting stuff, and uh, we'll get right into it from the defensive perspective. So obviously this segment uh, would have been a little bit more exciting with Carl Lawson uh, being part of the defensive line, and he would have been part of my, you know, pro bowler, you know, to be prediction. But, um, you know, we'll get into defensive line first. Obviously there's, you know, we'll do a little bit of positional breakdowns, but if you want some more in-depth positional breakdowns, Joe and Connor do a great job over at the Badlands pod, um, you know, breaking down each position group. But defensive line is still a huge strong point of this, off- I mean, of this defense and this team overall. Um, obviously bringing over Shaq Lawson, um, you know, as well as Tim Ward um, to kind of add some depth to a, you know, a defensive line, obviously lost Carl Lawson and Vinnie Curry. You've still got guys like Quinton Williams, who should be a future pro bowler. Um, I would be surprised if he's not one this year. I believe he's a, he's a guy that is going to excel in this scheme. He's going to move back into his natural position, which he played at Alabama and, and excelled and was obviously able to elevate himself to be a number three overall pick. So you've got him, Foley Fatsukasi, um, recently named the captain, which is you know, awesome for him. John Franklin Myers and Bryce Huff off the edge, in addition to Shaq Lawson and Tim Ward. Those guys should be able to wreak havoc. Um, you know, it might not be quite as, you know, like I said, quite as good as when you have a guy like Carl Lawson, but this group should be able to inflict damage, um, you know, most weeks. And um, I think still think, you know, even the depth of Sheldon Rankins, who is poised for a really big year, I think if he can stay healthy. Nathan Shepard, who's always shown some flashes and is a nice rotational piece. Jonathan Marshall, a nice preseason. Um, you know, six round pick 
that's, you know, our subject round pick has shown a lot, you know, uh, shown a lot of athleticism moving back into a natural, you know, three eye as opposed to being in, you know, nose eating blocks in college, use that athleticism. So, you know, going into the Panthers week, this is the thing, you know, Joe, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but they should be able to dominate the interior of that Panthers offensive line and, and wreak havoc and, you know, really win this, the Jets, the football game, you know, from a defensive side of the ball, they're going to need to do this most weeks. I still think this defensive line could probably be a top 10 to 12 unit, um, potentially higher for, you know, Bryce Hoff, Shaq Lawson, and uh, John Franklin Myers create a little bit more pressure. Maybe a Tim Ward kind of, you know, has that role of what John Franklin Myers did last year where he, you know, broke out a little bit is a guy that was, um, you know, kind of had those, had the tools, but, you know, kind of all put it together. Um, so, you know, there's, again, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on with this defensive line. Again, interior is their strength. Foley, Quinton, and Sheldon Rankins is quite a trio. Nathan Shepard, John Marshall's depth is, again, really good for this, you know, this Jets team overall. Best case for this defensive line, like I mentioned, Shaq Lawson has between six and eight sacks. He takes a little bit of a step up. Bryce Huff, you know, gets to that between five and seven range. Sean Franklin Myers has that, you know, six to eight range. And then Quinton takes the Pro Bowl leap. And, you know, Sheldon Rankin stays healthy. I think this D-line can, you know, move into that seven to 10 range if that happens. If not, they'll probably still be in the top 10 or 12 range and, you know, make, it'll make this defense run overall. So getting into the linebacker unit, um, obviously CJ Mosley is the key to this group, right? CJ Mosley is a guy who is an all pro level player. Um, we have not seen him play discounting that Patriots, you know, a little bit of the Patriots game on that Monday night, which was a disaster, obviously the bills game, which everyone kind of refers over and over to, you know, if he can come back and he's looked, you know, every bit like CJ Mosley in practice and, and the, you know, a little bit of game action we've seen, he's as light as he's ever been. He's ready to prove people wrong. All that's great stuff. He's got to stay healthy. Um, obviously the key to this defense and he's got to lead these young guys, Jamie and Sherwood, who's going to start, you know, as that Mike Backer, Robert Sala, you know, talked about this week, mostly will call the plays, but Sherwood, you know, lining up as a Mike, he's a hard hitter. Um, he's a guy that's going to get down and play in space. Um, ideally he's not a guy that's having to run and chase all the time. I mean, he, I mean, that's what he's good at, but I, you know, covering backs out of the backfield and things like that, I'd rather him, you know, see him come and blow up the run game a little bit. Um, although obviously, you know, converted safety has the ability to, you know, drop into coverage and things like that. It'll be a lot of growing pains with the linebacker group. Him, Hamza Nasruddin, um, who will start, you know, at that will linebacker position, um, edged out Blake Cashman in terms of, uh, you know, that starting reps, but apparently those two have, you know, really been competing and that's a, that's a matchup to watch. So, you know, the depth chart, I would see those four guys are the guys that are going to play. Um, Quincy Williams, who is Quinn and Williams' brother, who was picked up. I, I would be surprised if you saw maybe there's a guy a few guys to kind of come back from the practice squad or the Jets pick up throughout the season until Jared Davis comes back. But um, the rotation is going to be a lot of CJ Mosley, obviously every down and then Sherwood, Hamza Nasruddin and the Blake Cashman spot, you know, spot minutes or, or spot reps, um, you know, there, the linebacker group's interesting. I think it's one of the more exciting groups on the roster, just from the perspective of you got to have a lot of guys with a high ceiling, especially Mosley, obviously. And then Nasruddin was a really nice prospect coming out that fell in the draft, converted to safety. Uh, Sherwood as well, who went from a special teams guy, probably year one to, you know, flush in the starting role as Mike Backer week one against Christian McCaffrey. But again, you'll find out a lot about this team. Robert Sala's got a, has done a great job coaching up linebackers in the past. You look at guys like KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, you go to Fred Warner, um, you know, not saying any of these guys are that level um, outside of Mosley, but that's not what they need them to be. They just need to be competent. Um, you know, above average level players, even average level players to have hit on those picks. The Jets front seven, I, I do believe is a strength of this team. I still, 
you know, even with Jared Davis going down the first six weeks and Carl Lawson, I still think the strength, you know, this team on the defense side of the ball is the front seven. You move into the secondary. Um, again, best case, CJ mostly stays healthy for the linebacking group. Um, and Sherwood and, and Nashville Dean fit right in. Worst case, they take a lot of lumps and CJ mostly gets hurt and you're, you know, you're playing Quincy Williams is getting reps and, um, you know, Blake Cashman's now you're starting middle linebacker with instead of CJ Mosley. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's just that's not you. You want to get as much out of that 18 million as you possibly can, um, you know, there. So, again, front seven, it's going to be a really exciting, interesting group. You move to that secondary. Um, this is where if you listen to any podcast anywhere, everything when everyone's just talking about the corner group again, is it concerning 100 percent? MI is concerned because the Jets are looking to make the playoffs this year and they should be making the playoffs. No. Um, I think they're a team that if they can make that run towards eight or nine wins, that'd be fantastic. I think they're probably more in the six to seven win range, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. But from a corner perspective, the deal is basically you got Bryce Hall on one side, showed some flashes uh, a year ago. If he can stay healthy and take the next step, um, it's a nice to be great for this Jets defense. It would show, you know, long term what they would be looking for in terms of a, either a cornerback two, maybe a cornerback one if he really, really takes that next step. Um, more likely, you know, above average starting in the NFL from a fifth round pick is fantastic. And that, that'd be great for the Jets. Opposite him, Brandon Eccles, Isaiah Dunn, and, and Jason Pinnock. There's going to be some lumps. There's going to be some nice moments for all these guys. There's going to be some moments where you're scratching your head. You want to see improvement every week. You want to see them continue to grow. Justin Hardy's again, you know, on the depth chart as well, but he's special teams ace. That's kind of his role. Um, you, you, he's not going to be playing very much <laughs> um, actual corner. So, again, the corner group's difficult. There's not really much more to say other that I can say that anyone hasn't already said. It's going to be about growing. It's the same thing with the linebacking group. There's some weeks they're going to look really out of place, and there's other weeks they're going to look really good, and they're going to, um, look like a stable group and the Jets can get pressure on the quarterback and, you know, not leave these guys on an island. That's ideal. Best, like I said, best case, they all develop um, and you hit on at least one of Eccles, Dunn, or Pinnock. Uh, worst case, all three look really out of place and Bryce Hall doesn't look good and you're looking for at least two new corners um, in 12 months' time. You, you don't really want to have that happen. So last group here. Oh, and then the slot corners, Javelin Girdries, you know, kind of carved out a nice role for him. He's a speedster out of Utah. He's, you know, he'll be the nickel. You'll see Michael Carter, uh, the second, kind of bounce between the slot. Or Michael Carter, third, you know, bounce around from the slot. Um, you see maybe he might play a little safety. He did some of that in college. Maybe they try to move him outside or Gidry outside, um, you know, kind of give them some reps there. So there's going to be a ton of rotation in the secondary, obviously. No more Bless Austin. Did not move on the veteran corner. So that group, again, going to be it's going to be interesting, but you got to just be patient there. The safety group's a group that I think when fully healthy is a strength of this team. Right now, they are not fully healthy. Well, Marcus Joyner is struggling. You know, he will play, but had been struggling in the last week or two in camp. Marcus May, obviously, is kind of him, Mosley, and, and Williams are the three stars of this defense. Ashton Davis won't be back until weeks after week three. Joyner and May is a good tandem. I have no issues there. I think best case, Marcus May makes that Pro Bowl leap similar to the way he played last year. And Joyner regains at least close to that form he played. Um, he had an out in L.A. Uh, before, you know, making the move back to that nickel corner, which is not his strength. So um, Sheldrick Redwine and Sherrod Niesman are kind of the backups, but they are um, that's not really, 
you know, you don't want to have to get down to that, uh, get down to that kind of level. But um, again, best case, Marcus May takes the step. And then, you know, worst case, um, you know, May struggles. Joyner doesn't regain that form. And, you know, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of stuck there. So defense as a whole, I think the, they can be a top 20 defense dealing with the corners that they've got, um, just the unprovenness in the linebackers. That's a win for the Jets. You want to see development. You want to see um, them kind of take the identity of Robert Sala and, and Jeff Ulbrick and, and just go and get the court, go after the quarterback. You know, he was talking about dogs got to eat today that, you know, that's just stuff you want to see. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of defense as a whole. Uh, obviously the offensive side of the ball is a lot more exciting for, for Jets fans and, and understandably so with, you know, Zach Wilson, and Corey Davis and Elijah Moore and, and the young group they've got, you know, kind of going on there. We're going to get into Zach Wilson in a second, but first, um, if you like easy money, thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season, if either team scores in the NFL season opener, you are going to win. The game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II, so this is as sure of a bet as it gets. Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Bucks, you win. The best bet is the one you cannot lose. My bookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 super contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season. Don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to mybookie.ag today and use our promo code TOJ and to receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code TOJ to, re to receive double your first deposit and get started with my bookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. I know I will be. Um, taking advantage of that promo and um, you know putting a putting a few uh, putting a few dollars in Tampa Bay Bucks tonight. I think they are going to handle the Dallas Cowboys. Um, when this pod comes out tomorrow, I'll either look fantastic or, or look like an idiot. Um, getting into a little bit of you know Zach Wilson's done a great job this week. He's kind of dodged all the same questions in a great way, and I think it just shows the maturity um, of of Zach Wilson already and having it you know dealing with this. Dealing with the media, dealing with the New York market, the guy gets it. He understands, you know, you give them, there's no nuggets and there's no reason to give the media anything. Um, and he's done a fantastic job of just kind of being who he is. Named captain this week, I think it's a big deal. Just in respect that it's a rookie quarterback on a young roster to come and make that impression. You know, earn the trust of your teammates. You know, getting into a little bit of, you know, kind of the way I see the season playing out before we get into the interview with Joe. Um, obviously, anyone that listens to the show um, knows that'll be be a good time. Well, as we preview Panthers Jets, but you know, from for this weekend, um, you know, I think the Jets end up, you know, winning, eking out a victory around that thirty to twenty-seven mark. I think comes down to a last-minute field goal. Um, I haven't decided yet whether I think uh, I think the Jets. I'll go with the Jets winning on you know a last last-minute field goal. Uh, Zach Wilson gets his first victory in Carolina. I think that it's a high-scoring game. I think it's there's a lot of good offense. There's some there's some rough patches early in the game, but both teams get rolling in the second half. And uh, you know Zach and Zach and the boys eke one out. Um, start off one and zero and come home. You know get the Patriots. Uh, you know week two with a one and zero record. I think that Sam will play well. I don't think he'll be spectacular. I think the Jets will you know give up some points to McCaffrey and you know and DJ Moore and guys like that, but. You know, we're able to do enough in the run game, get some interior pressure with Rankins uh, and Williams and, and kind of go from there. So 30-27 Jets is my prediction for the season. I believe Pro Bowl-wise, you will see Corey Davis. You will see 
Quinnen Williams, and you will see Marcus May in the Pro Bowl. If Marcus May is still on the Jets after week eight, I guess that's a different story, but I think the Jets will have three Pro Bowlers there. I think McKay Beckham will have a nice season. There's just a lot of good offensive line in, in, uh, in the AFC, but you know, I think Corey Davis has an excellent season. I think Elijah Moore will have a good, you know, a good rookie campaign and, you know, kind of build towards the future. Zach will look good. I have the Jets at seven and 10 right now. I wanted to go eight and nine. The Carl Lawson injury um, kind of took it, took one of those away. I was debating then going six and six and 11. I feel like with the lack of elite quarterbacks in the roster, it'll shield some of the cornerback play. And I think the good coaching, the boost, you know, with the rookie quarterback, young team, I think all that adds up to the Jets going seven and 10. Um, you know, Zach Wilson looks like the guy and the Jets go to 2022, um, you know, as one of those teams that can take that next leap the way kind of a Miami uh, or a Cleveland or any of these teams kind of did, you know, with their rookie quarterbacks at the time um, and, uh, you know, adding some pieces around them. So Jets going seven and 10. Uh, me and Joe are about to get into the Panthers and Jets. Hope you guys enjoy that. Make sure you're subscribed following on Twitter, following on all the social platforms. We'll have lots of content over a instant reaction video up on Twitter, Instagram, and so on on Sunday night. And then uh, Tuesday pod will be coming out and we'll get into the Patriots preview with Doug Hyde from PFF and the Patriots beat on Friday. So lots of stuff coming out again. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Enjoy this interview with Joe. And uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys on uh, Sunday night and then on Tuesday. Welcome back, everybody. Joined by uh, Turn on the Jets' own Badlands' own Joe Capro. So, Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Happy uh, football's back. We made it. All right. I know we uh, we're two days away. Um, you know, Jets Panthers coming up on Sunday. Kind of want to jump right into it. Things you're most looking forward to uh, forward to seeing on Sunday, whether it may be a key to the game or just some matchups that are uh, that really stand out to you overall. I think the most important matchup is going to be the Jets interior uh, pass rush against the Pat, the uh, Panthers guards, which is probably the weakest spot of their roster right now, especially with John Miller out. And if the Jets are going to get this upset, while I am probably more excited to watch the offense, Quinton Williams and Sheldon Rankins and John Franklin Myers have to have a monster game. And if they can disrupt Sam Darnold and force him into a couple turnovers and prevent him from taking advantage of what is going to be a massive mismatch on the outside for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I think the Jets have a good chance to steal this game. The line is starting to logically tighten a little bit. It was always crazy that it was at five and a half. Uh, but even at four or whatever it is at the latest now, I, I think if those guys play to their ability and that impact that it could have on Darnold from what we've seen in the past, that's their best best path to steal in this game. Do you feel like the Jets will blitz more um, than they might in other games just because of the tendencies of Sam when like against the blitz, he obviously struggles a lot. Or do you think Sal is just going to be true to his principles and try to get pressure with four? I, it's a really interesting question. I, I think my guess is early on in the game, they're going to kind of gauge just how disruptive that front four is being. I think if they're not getting home early, I think I'll, you'll see them pivot in game to being much more aggressive blitzing, uh, maybe loading up the field with defensive backs, sending guys off the edge. Uh, you know, whether that's an extra safety or an extra corner. Uh, but I do think initially early on, they'll probably be looking on how do they get May and Joyner over the top to help double on Robbie and DJ and, and count on Quinnen and Rankins to beat up on Pat Fline and Dennis Daly and, and the rest of that Panthers defensive line. I mean, that is the best way for it to play out because the Jets – it's really risky to leave those corners exposed one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and if Darnold has enough time, 
they're going to lose those matchups more often than not, unfortunately. Never mind if, you know, factoring in McCaffrey working on the backfield and the Jets linebackers. So uh, this game in, in many ways will kind of come down to Quentin Williams, Rankins, and JFM. Uh, while I'm, again, more excited to watch Wilson and Davis and more in the offense, the defensive line, even without Carl Lawson, has to live up to the hype or – this one could get away from the Jets. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game regardless, but for them to get enough stops, they need that defensive line to dominate. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm on the same page as you. I just think that I'll break this down um, you know, later, but there's there's a couple matchups, especially inside, like you mentioned, that the Jets have a massive advantage and need to take advantage of because as much as we want to, you know, I know everyone wants to pile on Sam. Like, it doesn't matter if Sam is the quarterback or Mason Rudolph, like, their weapons on the outside, there is a legitimate advantage there. And the Jets are not going to have to not get caught um, in too many, you know, third and twos, third and threes, where the, you know, the Panthers can take advantage. Offensively speaking, are you concerned at all with the fact that the offensive line has not played, um, you know, any game reps together? Like that starting five has literally gotten zero game time. Are you concerned at all about that? Or is it something that was going to always be a work in progress just because, you know, Beckton was never going to play week three and all these type of things? A little concern. I think you have to have a little concern. You want those guys to have as much time together as possible, but they'll be better off with uh, AVT out there than Dan Feeney. And in the offensive line, for all the criticism they got this offseason, held up pretty well in both preseason games when Zach Wilson was in there. So from a talent perspective, the leading three of Becton, AVT, and Morgan Moses is as good of a three lineman combination the Jets have had in a really long time. And if Van Routen and McGovern could just be okay around those guys, the Jets are going to be in much better shape from a pass protection standpoint than they've been in recent years. I do think they're going to want to try to be a little run heavy early in the game and, you know, get that going to lighten the burden on Wilson. And hopefully those guys can get a push in the run game. And that's really the sweet spot for a guy like Moses and ideally AVT and Beckton working together. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out pretty quick what kind of push they're getting. And while I don't want the Jets to get too run heavy, getting some positive yardage and having that be something they could go back to will make life easier a lot, life a lot easier on Wilson overall. Yeah, I mean, as much as we all love Wilson and his ability, you know, he hasn't gone three and out yet and all those different things in the preseason. You don't want Zach living in third and eight, third and ten and we can love Makai or Morgan Moses, but Brian Burns is a legitimate, like, high-level edge, and you don't want to let these guys just pin their ears back and come after Zach. And um, if they can, the more they can run the ball, the better, you know, they're going to be able to kind of not let the Panthers blitz and tee off on, um, you know, some of those interior linemen, you know, obviously Van Rodden's revenge game with his 400s team he's played on. But um, kind of wanted to just get your thoughts quickly here on, you know, uh, Keelan Cole and showed up in the injury report today um, on Thursday and then, you know, Friday limited with a knee and then Crowder, we still have no real update. I, I doubt he's going to play based on the fact that he hasn't practiced in over a week. And even if he tests negative twice, I just don't know that how many reps he'll get. We might get the vaunted Mims, uh, Davis and Moore combo, which you've been begging for since, uh, you know, April 30th, since the second they drafted Elijah Moore. Do you think in like in the long run, this is almost might be a, I want to say advantage for the Jets, but it almost might be a blessing in disguise of like, let's throw out our three most talented players and, and just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Moore is just too talented for them to keep off the field in any meaningful way. And I think even if Cole and Crowder are hundred percent full go and hopefully they both will be uh, that Moore was really going to kind of roll right into that number two quote unquote receiver role. And they're going to be manufacturing touches for him 
right out of the gate. He's just too good. And it's too much of a big play dimension not to do that. And that doesn't mean that I don't think guys like Crowder and Cole and even Mims are, are going to play a meaningful role uh, this year. But when you're looking in that target hierarchy, I think it's Davis, a pretty big gap, then more, and then there'll be a gap uh, to everybody else from there. And I think we'll be surprised, many will be surprised at how much more plays and how involved he is in the offense after, you know, not seeing him in the preseason. Yeah. I- I would be shocked if Moore has any less than six or seven targets on Sunday. I really, it, or at least touches are trying to get him involved. There's just no way being at camp in the beginning of camp when he was practicing, Zach was feeding him constantly. And like, it was a blessing in disguise in the sense that he got to build a relationship with Corey Davis that kind of looked really bad in that initial scrimmage. And then after that, once Elijah went down, it felt like him and Corey Davis got a real bit of momentum there and kind of settled in. So um, you have to hope that kind of connection goes well. Are you, last question on the Panthers game, are you concerned at all about the kicking game or you feel good with Matt Amendola going in? Because like that, like this game could come down to field goals, missed extra points. We've seen it before in season openers with the Jets, you know, 2019, I'm, it's a horrible memory. Everything went badly in that game. But that kicking game, I felt like, you know, they could have beaten that Bills that day and the, the Bills team was really good once the playoffs. So are you concerned at all about that? Or it's like, there's so many other things to be excited about. You don't want to get concerned about the kicking game. It's impossible to say, right? I mean, he played well in the preseason. Uh, he's never really done it in a big moment. Um, I don't think we're looking at a Vedvek situation here, uh, but we're not going to know until, until he's in a real situation. And whenever you have an inexperienced kicker, uh, you just got to wait and see. And, and hopefully the Jets, like they did in you know, 2017 and 2018, stumble into a situation where a guy overachieves to what we're expecting and is fine. They, you know, we don't need the best kicker in the NFL. We just need someone who's competent on PATs and can make the gimmies that are 40 yards or less. Uh, it's a fair thing to, you know, have some concern about. I'm sure whenever the Jets are lining up for their first PAT or field goal attempt, everyone will be a bit nervous about it. He was good in the preseason. You know, he legitimately like won the job, which is encouraging, but it's going to be something that fans will understandably be sweating until we see him knock a few big kicks through in live action and games that actually matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same page as you. A uh, quick couple of things here before we wrap your record prediction. I know you kind of, you've been in kind of in the same ballpark. Um, I know you're probably going to talk a lot about this on Badlands as well. So make sure everyone's tuned in that to subscribe if you're not, which would be really weird if you're not at this point, have you wavered at all based on any of the almost negative hype that the jets are getting? And recently it kind of felt like all off season was positive, 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 most improved team. And then the last like two weeks, it's been like the jets are going to get smoked week one. The jets are going to be the pick one. We have guys that have been piping the Jets up that are now saying they're going to finish with the first pick and always thinks, do you read into that? Or is that just like the, the circus of the Jets being, you know, highs, the highs and lows of Twitter and, and those things? I, I haven't really wavered much at all. I think the loss and injury definitely gave you a, a little to think about, but I still think when you take a step back and look at their schedule and look at where they fit in the league hierarchy, if I'm going to go with seven and 10, you know, you could absolutely sell me on six and 11, eight and nine feels a touch optimistic, but it's not the craziest thing I've heard. I think ultimately it's seven and 10. And I look at games against Houston, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Carolina, um, Philadelphia. I, I think they'll win a game or two in their division. They're not going to go in six in the AFC. So I don't know exactly where those wins are going to come from, but I think out of the four against New England and Miami, they'll steal one or two. Uh, and get a couple there. Uh, maybe when you're playing Tampa in week 16, they're resting starters. I, I think ultimately they'll find their way to about seven wins. I think the offense 
will be productive enough. And I think Salah will many weeks make chicken salad out of chicken shit on the defense. There's going to be some ugly weeks, no doubt for them. Uh, but I think they'll do enough and get creative where it won't be as bad as people expect. And I just, I don't see a scenario where this team is picking first, second or third in the NFL draft next year. Yeah. Unless, unless it's one of those years where like, you know, the, the dream scenario in a sense is that, you know, Seth Waller put out an article, the Jets would finish six and 11 and get the third overall pick. And, if Zach Wilson's awesome, they still end up with Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm more than happy with that. Otherwise, go win football games and figure the rest out later. Last two things here. One, I asked Connor this like two months ago, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Over, under, two – all right, it was more likely they have more than two pro bowlers or more likely they pick in the top three. Man, I would say more, more than two pro bowlers. Pro bowls are pretty, like, weird – Thing at this point, I think Quinn and Williams and Makai Becton come to mind as guys who, if they play to their ability, should should be Pro Bowlers. Especially Quinn in this defense. I think the next tier would be Mosley if he has a good comeback season. I think Corey Davis is going to have a very very good year. I think I was initially a little hesitant about putting him over a thousand. I think he's going to be an eleven hundred yardish type receiver this year, seven eight touchdowns and. If he's able to do that, maybe he, you know, sneaks into one of those last spots. Those are the four guys that kind of come top of mind. Could probably make a case that if he has the right kind of season, May could be in that mix. Um, you know, Lawson, if he was healthy, obviously would have been a guy to look at. But I think there's enough there out of that group where they could have two or three breakthrough. Unless Wilson gets hurt or there's another major, major injury on the offensive line, I just don't see them, you know, being that that bad uh, I, I just think there's too many potential wins on the schedule uh, for them not to get to six, seven wins, which probably has them picking like in the seven to 12 range, not the one to three range. I mean, last year, as bad as they were, they still should have won three other games if they had any semblance of a pulse from a coach because the Vegas game, both the Patriots games, there's a Miami game, whatever. That's the whole, you know, we don't want to rehash that. Last thing we'll get from you here either two or three bets you like for the Jets going, you know, into the season or this weekend, anything that really stood out to you from a, from a gambling perspective. For me, I teased Tampa and Buffalo down to minus two points. I don't see a way the Cowboys win tonight, but um, is there anything else that stands out for you from a gambling perspective that you're really excited about? I mean, I got in on the Jets at plus five and a half a while ago. I'm glad that line is heading down now. So I feel good about getting it at that price. I also, threw some money on that money line just because at the time when they were plus five and a half, there was really good value there. Threw them in a tease with Tampa, who I think will win pretty comfortably tonight. Also at the, the time, the Seattle line was still a little screwy. So I threw that in with Seattle beating the Colts. I'm actually probably going to tease up the Bucks tonight. Do you tease them up to minus 13 and a half? It's like plus 155 on the payout. And again, I think by the time it's released, we'll know whether this is a dumb prediction or not. I could definitely. I already, I already did that too. So that <laughs> I could definitely see a scenario where Tampa runs it up a bit tonight. I just think Dallas has got too many issues. We don't know how healthy Dak is. Their offensive line's banged up. I'm not sold that Mike McCarthy is not one of the worst coaches in the NFL at this at this stage of his career. So this feels like a game that could get away from Dallas. And I could see certainly see Tampa winning like 34-17 or something. Um, elsewhere week one, I mean, I like the Broncos a lot against the Giants on the road. I mean, there's a reason they're, they're favorites on the road. Um, those are the ones that kind of stick out. As much as I hate to say it, I do also think New England will, will handle business against Miami and cover. I think they're three the last I saw. They should cover that. Yeah, um, I actually, the one other game that I know is horrible to pick, but for your survival pool is everybody. 
if you're going to have to take Jacksonville at some point, I would take them against Houston. I think Houston might be the worst team football team I've roster on opening day. I've seen in a really long time since that Detroit team where there's, they have no rookies starting and they're projected to be the worst team in the league. That's when, you know, you bad roster construction. Uh, make sure, again, make sure you guys are subscribed. There's a million different things on Badland, all, Badlands all week. Positional previews of every single position. Um, Joe's got a million things coming, Connor as well. So, um, thanks for joining us, Joe. And uh, you know, obviously, we'll be on all season long. So, uh, make sure you stay tuned. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.